After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us, however, on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free then search for nothing but net that's where you find us every day monday through friday 10 a.m to 11 a.m eastern 7 a.m to 8 a.m pacific if you want your sports talk a little bit different at that hour i'm now hosting a show on onsideradio.com check out the website o-n-s-i-d-e radio.com that's the five reasons sports hour we do some heat there but also we cover all of the other south florida sports and i bring on only five reasons sports guests also check out five reasons that is the website where you go for free content we do not we do not beg you to pay us three dollars a month there so go to five reasons for all the latest heat stories from brady hawk and others and of course all of our dolphins content from josh houts alfredo artiaga and everyone else and our youtube channel now over eight thousand subscribers check out all of the new shows on that channel including a new show that includes our guy louis sung which is called five reasons unscripted so that's reacting to the stories of the day today they took on the Xavier howard situation and how much of those trade rumors are actually real also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network and that includes markbrown.pa this is a real estate litigation and transaction law firm both commercial and residential with a full service attorney owned title company more of you should be taking advantage of this particularly in this housing market a 295 dollars closing fee on all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons that's a 295 dollars closing fee they handle evictions for landlords and for tenants so both sides of it and they offer flat fee evictions practicing for nearly 15 years email is a good way to get them at marc that's mark at markbrownpa.com or call the office at 954-566 five six seven eight again that's nine five four five six six five six seven eight markbrownpa.com again mention five reasons 295 dollars closing fee on all refinances and all purchases and now today's episode of five on the floor one two three four five on the floor welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. Make sure you checked out the first episode of our series we did five episodes we're going to do five episodes reacting to pat riley's presser from last friday five different themes 
from uh, a lot of it's from stuff I tweeted out at the Five Reasons Sports account. Just gave us some ideas. We did a, a sort of a pre prequel, a pre episode where we responded to the controversy, which was really a non controversy over Riley's comments related to Asterisk and the Lakers completely taken out of context. And I can just say now that Greg Sylvander and I were right on all of it because today the, the chief clown, the prime idiot, Skip Bayless reacted to it on undisputed and on his Twitter account, basically going at Riley for questioning uh, whether the Lakers won legitimately, which of course is not what he said. This was bastardized for clicks and it of course ended up in undisputed in ESPN, which is what we figured. All right. Today I've got Alex Toledo, We're going to get to the second topic here today, and that was this. Pat Riley talked about his young players during that presser. And you got a little bit of a better sense, although he tries not to give too much away, about who's untouchable and who might be had. And so Alex and I are going to go through these tweets, and and we're going to go through some of these players. Here was some of what he said. This is some of what he said related to his young core. He said on on, uh, Tyler Hero, how he grew, he grew through listening, he grew through the mentorship of Udonis, Jimmy Butler, Goran, Andre, all these veterans took him under their wing because they saw something special in him. Also, this is another one. This was also related to Tyler. So he said, Tyler Hero will go to another level when he gets older. He just turned 20. My gosh, he had a great year. What a young nucleus we have that can play. Two more. Riley said he didn't know that Bam would be an all-star this quickly. We just knew his character. And then he talked again about the jump that Bam can take. And then this one as well, he was talking about Adebayo. And he said, when it comes to our players, we want to take care of them, especially the ones we really value. We value Bam Adebayo, although he didn't really want to get into the extension. So, Alex, I bring you in on this. You saw the presser. Um, You were on the presser. He -hmm. talked a lot about Hero. He talked a lot about Bam. He didn't talk as much about Duncan. He said he felt sorry for Derek Jones Jr. for not getting as much time during the postseason. Nobody asked him about KZ Akpala, so he was not brought up. That was my fault. I should have I brought that up. <laughs> yeah, you should have asked it on the call. He mentioned K-9 a lot, which is Kendrick. Uh, what did you make of it? What did you make of who he talked about and who he didn't talk about? I think, I think that it's just his way of processing what he saw out there. Maybe... You know, I think Hero and Bam are the guys who who most clearly took the leap on the floor and, and you know, more of a traditional leap. I think all of us, and, and, and not that Pat doesn't feel this way, but I think all of us do feel that Duncan is kind of right there uh, just because of what, he, you know, the type of impact that he had for them this season. And, you know, you can make an argument that he was their most important offensive player throughout the season. Uh, we, you know, we saw in the playoffs that things change and, you know, we somebody could have seen that coming regardless, but Duncan Robinson is still there. I, I think it has to do more with Hero and Bam and the leap that's shown on the floor. And not only that, those are obviously the younger guys and the guys who have taken this leap so early in their careers. And Duncan Robinson, you know, he's obviously in early in his career, but it's just, I think, tough to put, put him on the same level as Bam and Hero, who, you know, are, are still in their early 20s. And that's when, you know, you typically see stars take those leaps early on like that that's a sign of a people who are going to have a perennial all-star career you know what i'm saying so i think that's really he's separating the two well let's start with bam because he was asked about the most and he did you know the extension he said that's just not a topic we're going to get into in that it during this time obviously it's on their mind obviously it's something they're going to discuss with the agent obviously it's something that they've discussed with bam i mean you can't forget 
<laughs> although Riley was not, others were in the bubble with Bam for almost three months, right? So this certainly came up. Um, and then there were some reports about how, I, I don't even know why this is coming out, but Zach Harper, I think, reported that if anybody calls the heat about Bam, they're hanging up. Of course, they're. I, I love Zach, but of course they're hanging up. I mean, they're not trading Bam out of bio. But where do you think, from what you gauge from what Riley talked about, do you think he views him as someone who can be a superstar? We now know he's an all-star. But, can, I mean, to me, superstar is top 10 player, player who, if he's the best player on your team, you have a chance to win a championship. Is he yeah. there? Can he get there? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think it's just tough to argue that given how close they were to winning a championship. I mean, to, being two wins away, even with all the circumstances, like I, I do think like they're just so ahead of schedule that it's really easy to sell yourself on all these things now. And I don't even mean that in a sense of when I say sell yourself, I don't think that's a bad sell at all. Like I'm really in on Bam. I'm, I'm in on Bam as much as anybody. Like I think Bam, the leap that he took this year, he took two separate leaps. Like we saw what he turned into in the Boston series. And, you know, you can say that that was a good matchup for him. And it was because they were a smaller team. But we know where Bam can be get better. And we know the type of impact he has now and he, how multi-skilled and multi-versatile he is. He's like the, you know, the key chess piece for Spo. Where, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. Uh, I, I would say that I think Bam is their most important defensive player with Jimmy being second. And then you got you got it, uh, the other way around, I think, on offense. When you're, when you're talking about in the, you know, the highest leverage circumstances, I think they're kind of 1A and 1B to each other on offense and defense. And I think, you know, again, they made they two wins away from a championship. Like, I'm going to keep repeating that. They were, they did that with Jimmy and Bam as their two best players surrounded by shooters and, you know, enough defenders. Like, I think they just need to add a little bit. And because of that, I think Riley's like, okay, Bam was the second best player on a team that was that close. We could still use somebody else, but I, I think he sees Bam as that guy, like part of a big three possibly, you know, or he, he's on that level. What comes next for him, though? Because there are other, are other elements of his game that we talked about during the season. I know Spolster pushed back on it, you know, said that, you know, everybody could stick it up their rear, whatever. If you, if you wanted to question the way that Bam was playing or the way Bam was being used. But we talked about stuff, right? And we talked about more confidence in the 12 to 14 foot jumper, a uh, little bit more back to the basket play, a little bit more overall aggression. I don't think the passing needs much improvement. I don't think the defense needs much more improvement. To me, it's a mindset thing. But if you could choose one thing, like what, what is the one thing that he can do that you can go into a game next year, not just thinking he's going to affect the game in a variety of different ways and be an impact guy, but that he's going to be the guy. OK, that he's going to have the, like the game he had against Washington in the regular season or a couple of the ones he had in the postseason that like you're going to get a bam out of Bayou who can put a team on his back. What is the thing he needs? To That's do? a tough question. That's a tricky question, I think. And I'm, I'm not it's, it's not a cop up. I, I just think that Bam's game isn't tailored to that. I don't think he wants to be that guy. I don't know that he's aiming to be that guy. Like, I do think Bam wants to be the best player he, he can be. But uh, we all want him to score more. And I, and I do think he can and will eventually. But I don't think he's a guy who, who you, you necessarily put the team on his back as far as an offensive load. Like, I do think he's going to – he's already plenty involved with the offense, and we expect – and that was just in the first season. Like, I, I think his overall impact, especially, like, specifically on what you saw in the playoffs and their run, was of somebody who's a top 15 player. I think there's no doubt about it. You can haggle about who's there and who's above who, but he is absolutely giving you that type of impact because of everything he's doing for them on defense – solving all of their defensive mistakes like i mean when you talk about the way that they went from a 
you know, kind of an, an average defensive team throughout the regular season to a very good one in the playoffs. Like, I think a lot of that had to do with Bam solving a lot of problems. And obviously, Spo doing a lot of great things with the defensive game plans and the zoning and all that. But I think Bam is already already has the impact of that guy. And then on top of that, he just in the playoffs, he was putting up 20, 10 and five, like on a regular basis without having much more to his scoring game. And he's obviously gotten better throughout the years. I'm not going to sit here and act like he, he hasn't uh, improved his, his scoring game since he got drafted. He obviously has. But at the end of the day, like all I want for him is to keep adding to that range. I don't really necessarily think he needs to do much else. I think his game is about making reads and operating in that motion offense and in the system and, and making the right play, whether it's passing or scoring or, or you know what I'm saying? The passing to the right guy or scoring at the right time. He's somebody who would rather do it at the end of the possession. And I think him just developing that range a little bit more just gives him a, another option that he can go to when he sees fit. You mentioned, you know, 2015 or 20, what was it? 2010 and five. I mean, he did that in the final finals game when we were all criticizing him the whole game for the way he was playing. He's, I mean, he still put up the numbers. So it, it's, it's crazy. He was almost doing that automatically at that and point. He was banged and I think up. When that happened, right. When he was banged up, but people will recognize him as a superstar, but it is about doing it consistently and putting a team on his back at the end in the way that Jimmy did, right? Like that is, that's to me where Jimmy separated himself again as the most important player on this team. When I think all year we talked about it being Bam. And I think in so many ways, Bam's excellence, like I said, offensively, defensively, he's so important to everything they do. But Jimmy has that dog mentality where he will take over. He also for had him. so many and tries just, think, at, at being that guy already. Like he knows what it takes. He's mm -hmm. not faced. And obviously Bam wasn't either with the way that he stepped up. Think about all the leaps that Bam took since, uh, you know, the Hassan trade happened. And we were like, yeah, he's going to step in and be a great starter and, you know, give you 15, 10, and 5 or whatever, which is already good. But look at what he turned into by the end of the playoff run, even when he was banged up. Like, I just think, and this is his first year as a starter. We know it was an elongated year. But, like, imagine Bam with just a few more years, a couple of years under his belt. Like, I just think he's going to turn into, keep turning into the best version of himself from here, given the, the arc that he's taken. And Jimmy didn't get those reps early in his career either. Mm -hmm. Bam may get a more opportunity for more of them, but early Bam just in his got to career, the finals in his first year as a starter. But those were Derrick Rose's reps early in Jimmy's career, right? Those were to a certain degree, Luol Deng's reps, right? Like those were not that, that Noah was a scorer, but they played through Noah. Like Jimmy, Jimmy really wasn't given those chances until what? Like Rose declined, right? Like that was, or I mean, Rose got hurt and then declined and then left. Like he wasn't getting, so Bam's going to get a chance for those reps earlier in his career. Like you're saying, he's only 23, whether he has that kind of dog mentality that Jimmy has, I think that is really going to be Jimmy's. I think we, a lot of this, this year was Jimmy getting Bam to believe in himself, but I think now mm -hmm. the next step in their relationship as basketball players and Jimmy as a leader is bringing it out of Bam more often. OK, he sort of already convinced Bam that you're really good and you're a teammate I want to play with. And I thought that was huge for Bam this year. But now it's like, listen, you see what I just did in the finals? You can do that, too. You know I, and I think that's what they're going to work on. with. Ethan, him. I don't think anything you're saying is unfair, but I, I'm also of the mindset that when he was healthy and by the way, that Lakers matchup, I, I'm not going to excuse, you know, when he did when he didn't play great, he, he wasn't healthy and it was a bad matchup and he still put up numbers. Like you said, I don't even want to like talk about that series is very sad and depressing. And we know that the team just wasn't right. wasn't healthy whatsoever, but when he was healthy versus that Boston series, once again, a favorable matchup for him and against Milwaukee, which 
which, by the way, which a, a big team that was very good at protecting the rim, similar to the Lakers, he showed out and he did that. Like he stepped up his game and I'm not saying he, he, he went to the Jimmy level. He, you know, other than that one uh, game versus Boston, it was a game six where, where he had that one insane game. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, I think he really stepped up his game. I think he, he stepped up the offensive scoring output when needed. And I don't think they're going to need more from him throughout the regular season, even th- no matter what they do this off season. Like, I think if they go into the next season with a very similar team and similar core, I think you're going to see Bam with similar numbers, you know, maybe just an extra point or two on the board, but I don't think they need that much more from him offensively other than when you get to high leverage, the biggest stages, right? Cause I think that's where the things get the toughest. And I do think that we saw a lot of really good stuff there. Like I think it's more positive than negative. He's obviously not a finished product, but I'm, I'm feeling really good about that specific part you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think a lot of it depends on the next guy we're going to talk to or talk about after this word from Safe Cubbies. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safe cubbies.com which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget you can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards magnetic panels acrylic sheets and graphic branding most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes now this is for workplaces they've got a bunch of different options on their professional series but also they've got private room solutions dividers and sneeze guards and they have a classroom series as well so if you're involved with the school this is definitely something your school should check out of course if we have school in the fall and that's the point here we were entering a new normal period with COVID-19 safecubbies.com which is locally owned is the place that you want to go the phone number is 754-216-1071 again that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com All right, so you talk about whether or not Bam needs to score more, whether that needs to be a big part of his role late. A lot of that may not be necessary if Tyler Hero takes the jump. Do we agree here real quick? Bam Adebayo is untouchable this offseason, Untouchable this offseason, untouchable for the next eight years probably. Okay, so now the question becomes the second guy. Tyler Hero, to me, is untouchable except in the most – unique possible back to asterisk talks like probably <laughs> well it's asterisk. it's probably well, it's probably except for the thing that's not going to happen okay so a lot of the conversation we're having about tyler hero is would they trade him and my answer to that is well they would trade pretty much anybody although i think we agree they won't trade ba- trade bam out of bio unless the perfect player comes along And I just don't think that player is going to come along. And so I think that this debate we have about Tyler Hero, about whether he's untouchable, I I think it's a a fun debate to have. That's why we're having it again. But I I just don't – I mean, to me, you're you're really only talking about like two or three players in the league that I think they would even entertain the thought for, which I think is where they were with Bam a year ago. But now they're here with Hero. And and that player, you know, is probably Bradley Beal – and I just don't think Bradley Beal's going oh, anywhere. I, I've got him in mind, and I've got the other one that we've mentioned throughout the past few months. And who's the who's the Donovan and who's Mitchell. the other one? Okay, okay. But again, Donovan Mitchell has essentially committed. I mean, mm. both of these guys, like 
no, but there, I don't understand. <laughs> but there, well, apparently he prepared his relationship a little with Gobert. Okay, he told Yahoo, he told Chris Haynes that he plans to sign the extension. Beal has committed a number of times to watch. It's just a waiting game at this point for them to see if if things will change at some point. But I, I'm not as sure that they're all the way committed. How much do they have to change for Donovan Mitchell, though? That, I mean, that's a playoff team. It's a in good the West. team. It's not like they, Washington. Washington's been in a rebuild for years. Yeah, yeah that Jazz team was a good team, man. I think they I, they may they may be a little bit capped out as far as not the, you know not money wise, but uh, just how far they can go. As good as they are, like it's just the Warriors are going to be back next season, and then you still got all these other powerhouse powerhouses in the West. Denver's only going to get better from here. They're probably going to you know, uh, rejigger their roster a little bit in the offseason, too. Like, I just think, you know, it could get into his head at some point, right? I think it's just a waiting game to see how what happens in the beginning of the season or if not, see what happens at, in the next playoff running year from now. But I, I think that's long-term stuff with, with Mitchell and Beal at this point. Like, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, you've got a major age difference there, too. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is what? And I think that's why you I think that's why you consider those guys, and, and especially Mitchell, because he he not only is he younger, but he already has the two-way game that you're looking for, and he's proved it as a as a 1A scoring option. So I would be surprised if they weren't also just monitoring that situation, given, you know, other intel that I'm sure that, that you know about with Donovan Mitchell. Well, they're monitoring every situation. Exactly. I mean, Mitchell's 24. He, he, he just turned 24 in September. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's entering kind of, he's, he's on the very front end of his prime. Okay. He's very front end. Rookie deal. Rookie deal. But he, which is why, again, if you're Utah, you don't do it, but he's not at the point of frustration. Like usually the player that ends up in Miami is the player who is frustrated with his current circumstance. So he's reached a certain point and either he's fed up like, okay, here's a few cases. Shaq had won championships but he was fed up with the Lakers because of a contract situation. Cause he felt like he wasn't getting enough credit next to Kobe and all of that stuff. And that made him available. Alonzo morning was upset because of a contract situation also felt like things were maxed out a little in Charlotte. Didn't get along with Larry Johnson. So there were a number of things at play. Jamal Mashburn was available because things didn't work out with kid and with Jimmy Jackson. And he was kind of entering that stage where he was ready to win. And that team wasn't winning. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler had frustration because he was playing with players. He didn't think were winners. There always is something that pushes somebody, but usually the player is a little bit older than Donovan Mitchell. Usually the player has reached a point where he's, he's frustrated with where he's at. Chris Bosch was what, how old was Chris 27 when he came down? Cause he was um, at about he yeah. wasn't LeBron's age. I, right? I, I think the unique thing. Yeah, you're right. I think the unique thing with Mitchell is that he has been the one, a scoring option since year one and has done it in the playoffs since year one so it's almost like an accelerated mm-hmm. <laughs> time. Yeah. like he's already had he's had by the time that like, like let's say he stays for one more season in utah at least he's already gonna have so much more like playoff experience and and like unique playoff experience and important playoff experience as the 1a guy on a good team more than like than than chris bosh did like you're talking about or a, a lot of other people at that age or after their rookie deal but uh, even the, the point that I was just going to make with basically the one that you were getting at was, you know, Mitchell and Beal are, are the type of guys that you even think about trading hero for. And then you talk about like uh, Barry Jackson of Miami Hero today had this huge article going through all these names for either this offseason or next offseason. And he kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, Lillard and McCollum have both have both uh, shown respect and in recent times towards the heat and liking Miami and all of that. And I think Lillard is the other probably the third guy that you throw in there is like, OK, you probably have I mean have to give up hero uh maybe somebody else like a Harden. you know what i'm saying it has to be that level of guy though and i think it's crazy that we're talking about hero that way even though 
you know, they, they didn't give him up for Chris Paul or Westbrook last season. We know that could have happened. Uh, so maybe it's not surprising, but it is pretty crazy to me. Well, Lillard is in that bracket that I talk about. Like Lillard is the type mm-hmm. of player late twenties, hasn't won yet, carried a team, feels blocked, sees an organization that may be able to get him a little bit further. Not that Portland's a bad organization, but it's just easier to attract guys to Miami. He's the type, except he's also the loyal type. Yeah. So, so he's he's really tough to crack. Like he Openly the, making fun of other stars for leaving the organization. Right. He would fit the profile in every other way. He also is really tight with Myers Leonard, who I'm sure has told him plenty about the Heat organization that is positive. So it's like he, he fits the profile in every way, except he, he wants to be Kevin Garnett until Kevin Garnett got totally sick of it in his thirties and agreed to the trade to Boston. But that was Garnett, Garnett, Garnett and Lillard to me are the same. Garnett would not leave Minnesota. They maxed out as a conference finals team, elite talent, elite talent, and then ends up maybe somewhere else at the end and is fully appreciated. Like Garnett was fully appreciated in Boston, even though he wasn't the same player he was in Minnesota, that may end up happening, but let's cycle it back to hero. Cause I want to have time to get to the other two guys. We only got a few minutes left. Um, when when Pat talks about Hero, he talks about a guy like he's almost surprised how good he's going to be. Like, even though Pat was selling him to us on draft night, when everybody was like, what they drafted this guy with this white kid with short arms who played one year at Kentucky, didn't really get going until halfway through the season. And Pat was saying, just trust me. He had one of the best workouts we've ever seen. He thinks the game. He's a gym rat. I, I hate using that phrase, but you know what I mean. Okay, he, mm-hmm. he he's totally into it. Um, you know, he just, he wants to win all the things he said about that. And we were like, okay, okay, okay. Let's see it. Whatever. Okay. Let's see it. And now we've seen it. And now we've seen the confidence in him in the fourth quarters and more fourth quarter minutes than any other player and the big shots and the 37 against, uh, you, you know, against Milwaukee against Boston and all the other things that he did. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I almost feel like he's gotten ahead of where Pat thought he would be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like Pat yeah. was convincing us. And then I, now I think heroes convincing Pat, I might have like a legitimate, like multi-time all-star. And I saw, I saw Zach Harper also tweeted today, something that I tweeted months and months ago, which is the heat organization told this show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you do. If you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what, if time was unlimited, How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hand 
hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Old Tyler Hero early in the season where he kept saying, I want to be like Devin Booker. And they kept telling him, you can be better than Devin Booker as an all around player. But I don't know that Pat fully believed that until he saw it in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I definitely agree with you. That's what I saw, too, just seeing seeing him express himself on that Zoom call. It, it was like a genuine, and I think it's to a similar degree what he was doing with Bam, too. It's like these guys, again, ahead of schedule. Like, it, I think he he's just surprised to agree, and I think it, it makes him even more confident in his coaching staff, and I think that's why he was praising everybody. Like, he, he really praised everybody on that call, and, and it was very genuine. I think he, he probably does that every year to a degree, but man, like, I know he's got to be impressed with just how far along they've come in such little time and given all the circumstances. And I think it really is a similar thing with Hero and Bam. The Hero thing, man, like, you look at somebody who can step up his game in the playoffs when it comes to, you know, you're getting tougher looks and teams are scouting for you. And he steps up. He he, he takes the shots. He makes the right reads. He's, he's not too arrogant. Like, he obviously struggled versus the Lakers, I think he was put in a really bad position as a rookie to take on that load with Dragic and Bama, who were responsible for so much of that offense. I think people underestimate just how much Dragic and Bam do for the offense. And I don't think Hero was ready for that role, but he is absolutely ahead of time. And that's why we're talking about him like this. You would only trade him for a certain level of guy, a certain caliber player is because look at what he's doing as a rookie. He's added to his game. Mm. since he got since summer league he's added to his game since the bubble started he and he just keeps getting better and you could tell that he is just a hooper and and the whole gym rat thing is an interesting conversation because why does that have a positive connotation when, when the word rat is in it it's very interesting it's a good point by you well but i think I, I hero like is that it guy it's always used it's always used for the white guy who's drafted and and but but he was speaking about him in the context. hero loves that though hero loves that I, no i i know i know that and but here's the thing that hero and bam did I thought it was a remarkable comment from Pat that didn't get enough attention where Pat basically said he's okay drafting guys now because they come in more ready than they used to be. Now, maybe it's because he's only drafting Calipari's players now instead of, instead of Duke guys or anybody else, but it's like hero and bam, not only have, I think they exceeded his own expectations because he even said with bam, I knew his character. Did I know he would be an all-star this quickly? No, they drafted two guys thinking that they could become what they've become already, maybe in year four or five. I think that's mm-hmm. what's happened here. I think Bam became it in the year three, and Hero became, you know, uh, again, accelerated in year one. Do you think Pat thought that Bam could do this in his first season as a starter, do what he did at no, the end of the season? No, no, no. That's why I think it's it's no. really that's genuine, like, just he, he's genuinely, am- like, impressed with what they've done and what the coaching staff have done, because I really do think it's, like, 50-50. Yes, I agree. I agree. And but a lot of it is the way they came in, but a lot of it is what the coaches have done with them. But it's changed I mean, Pat's attitude the vision, on the draft. Man. I mean, from, yeah. from covering from covering Pat for 25 years, it's changed his whole attitude on the draft. Like, and that's amazing. And that's gonna play into another episode, which we're gonna do. So we're not covering it here. But what they do with the 20th pick, because I think the assumption is you trade the pick, but if Pat has become enamored with some of these guys who come out. He might make the decision on draft night because they have to make the pick. Okay. They have to make the pick, but they can trade the pick after. <laughs> like he they, said, we're going to use the pick. No, how does it? He said, we're, we're going to use, use the pick. We may not keep him. We may not keep him. <laughs> Whether but we're we gonna keep use it remains to be seen. <laughs> but they may decide to keep the pick 
if he loves the player who falls to him. So I think he's keeping his options open there too. All right, we've got some more young players to get to here real quick. After a word for Manscaped. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that? The Knicks are no good? Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. I thought what was interesting about this presser was, again, a lot of Bam and Hero talks, but a lot of it was based on the questions that were asked. You mentioned earlier, nobody asked him about Akpala. Nobody really asked him about Duncan Robinson, though, either. And with Kendrick Nunn, he wasn't asked directly, but he referenced him a lot. So let's go through these quickly. Duncan Robinson, do you think that the Heat, after what they saw in the postseason, but also the fact that they had the number one offense in the league when he played during the regular season and actually during early parts of the playoffs, do you think they view him as untouchable? Mm, I mean, again, like what you were saying earlier, untouchable to a degree, right? And I'm not saying that Hero and Duncan are necessarily on that same level. Like, I don't think they're looking to trade Duncan Robinson at all. I think, I mean, I, I obviously don't have any information, but from what we can tell, I just think he is so obviously important to what they do, where it's like, yeah, we, we, we would only trade this guy if we have to. He's obviously older than Bam and Hero by a few years. But again, somebody who just, you know, was the deadliest three-point shooting weapon in his first year, basically, right? Like he did not get any type of significant playing type at all last season, other than in Wade's last game where he just was on the floor all the time for whatever reason. But Spo called him the best shooter in the league before the season started. We all looked at him kind of weird, looked at him kind of funny, and then he proved that in his first season as a starter. So I, I don't think Duncan should be too far off. Again, I, I think he's that important. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, yeah, it, it would really take like – he would have to be the last piece of something – pretty big i think for you to trade him i don't think they're going to be looking to trade him at all he feels more to me like the karan butler in this equation i i don't think mm. he i don't think the heat went into karan's third season or what third off season thinking they were going to move him but thinking that they could and then Shaq fell to them and then it was kind of like okay Dwayne wade was the piece that the lakers would have wanted but we'll give you karan Okay. okay, but and I think it could be like this where it may be hero is the piece that another team wants. No, but we'll give you Duncan. But does that 
get you something that good. I know that you're obviously not talking about, uh, you know, like him by himself. I'm sure. Well, Butler, Butler you were trade. throwing in Odom too. So, I mean, there was another big piece. I mean, there would have to be, is Kendrick Nunn with Duncan enough? Is that Karan and Lamar? No, but you're also probably not getting like, Shaq. A package <laughs> of, exactly. A package of Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, let's say a pick and, you know, salary cap filler plus whatever else is necessary to make a trade work. Like, I don't know what type of guy you're getting with that package. And I think that's why I'm skeptical on like, I, I do get what you mean in general conceptually. Cause I do think like, he's probably the guy you're willing to part with most before you go to hero or bam, if you're trying to get a real big name player, I just don't know that that type of package gets you that guy. It would have to be one of those situations again, where somebody, you know, demands that they go to one team. And even then it's like Duncan, Duncan Robinson is what? 26 years old, 25. Well, that's the other thing. He's 26. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, he's, he's not old, but he's also, I mean, he's in what you typically would say is your prime, but he's only played one full season. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, he, he's a great piece and why you don't want to trade him. But again, it's like, who's the best player that you can get with that package. And that's why I'm skeptical of the point of trading him. Cause it's like, we talked all this time about not trading hero for Oladipo like would you throw him as part of an Oladipo package I, I'm not good with that I'm not good with that for uh probably a lot of the guys that we talked about especially if they're over 30 like I don't know I think the Duncan thing it's something that you got to be really really careful with because you could mess with something special I think the shooting that they have between Duncan and hero and and then obviously the rest of the team Goran was an awesome shooter for them this year like I just think they got to bottle that up and try to keep that as much as they can I think the motion offense works so well because you have so many weapons and these shooting weapons as off ball threats. And I think like, like we've been talking about, you want to add to that. And I think trading Duncan, it would have to be for the right guy. Do you think that most fans would be okay if to get Oladipo, if Duncan Robinson was the primary piece that they traded? That's actually a good question. Uh, most means more than 50, 50. So I'm going to say most fans would not be happy with it. But I, I don't know, because then I feel like when you see that news, like, let's say it's kind of unexpected, you just see Wojnarowski or somebody else announced that. And then you see the, the photoshops is quickly going to change the other direction. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's going to be a very, there's going to be a significant chunk uh, <laughs> that are going to be pretty, you know, upset by it, even if they are cool with a little people. I think it, it, Duncan has gotten to that. And I think we've all just kind of pounded it so much. <laughs> about his his impact I, I think it's impossible to miss like i think if you watched if people any fan who watched the regular season could see what type of threat he was and then you know in the playoffs it got a little bit weirder because he didn't have as many crazy flamethrower games but it's just i i the rest of their guys stepped up because of the way that they were really overplaying him on defense like i just think he is not somebody you give up unless it's for a top tier talent like somebody that is comparable to bam or jimmy or slightly below. I don't think Oladipo is that guy. Like, do you throw him in for Drew Holiday? I don't know, man. I really don't know. I love Drew Holiday. I love his game. I love his fit with this team. I don't know that you do that. I think they really have something special brewing there. And I think ideally, you know, it maybe it is an ideal world. Ideally, you add somebody to that core. I think the way that he will look at this, and then I want to move to Nun and DJJ, I think the way they'll look at this is that, Pat Riley is going to look through at everything now through the microcosm of the last five minutes of a playoff game. And it's, we are at that level now with the Boston, with, you know, with, with the Lakers, with the Clippers, with the Denver, we're in that tier now. Okay. 
and with the Milwaukee, obviously. Okay. And who is, who can I put on the floor and trust on the floor and is going to make us better in the last five minutes of games. And I think what was proven out this year and where hero elevated himself over Duncan, in addition to the age, obviously, and the overall potential is that, yeah. Did Tyler have some defensive issues down the stretch? Yes. Did he have some, did he have some issues in terms of his ball handling, particularly in the, in the Lakers series? Absolutely. But you were still going to play Tyler hero in those minutes because of his ability, his shot creation, the other things that he was providing the growth that you were seeing. I think with Duncan, it's a little bit more of an open question. I'm with you about his contribution, the way he opens up the offense, the fact that Jimmy and Bam need a shooter like that. I'm with you on all of it, but I think Pat's going to look at this through a very small prism. Now we are close. We are close. What's going to decide us winning a championship. Do we win those last five minutes? Ethan, can I pose That's a question to you? He's got to have with Eric, which is, is Duncan Robinson playable in those last five minutes? If he's not, he'll move him. He'll move him. I don't think that uh, he's been necessarily been deemed unplayable. Like I think he obviously was taken out of the, the four quarter lineups a few times. And, and, you know, we saw that consistent lineup of Crowder and hero along alongside Jimmy Bam. And who am I missing? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it was Goron, right? there. Goron, yes. I don't know what happened there. But, uh, yeah, we saw that lineup a lot. But I think Duncan got plenty of time in the four quarters and in big games. And I just think, like, they get to those four quarters and they get to that winning record and to beating these types of teams and surprising everybody, partly because it's just that elite shooting that they have. It is not just Duncan. Like, I don't think Duncan is carrying it, but he he was the best one. I know that Hero's more dynamic. I just think – and this is why I wanted to pose the question to you. Who is a guy – that you do that package for that we talked about where it's multiple things. And then Duncan is Drew, like the Drew. So you do pull that trigger. Yes, absolutely. If, if you, if and you even believe, if, if, even if knowing believe, that he's not going to, even if uh, you don't know if he's not going to opt out. If, if you believe that you can work out something with him, once you get him in the building, that's in the best interest of the franchise, which I think they would to me, Drew holiday is such a difference maker for this team because Look, obviously you want as much shooting as you can possibly get. I understand Duncan's importance. There's no question Drew Holiday is going to be on the floor in those final five minutes, okay? He is on Mm -hmm. the floor, both ends, okay? You're going to have him out there defensively, and you're going to have him out there offensively because he's shown he can do it both ways. And I just think he he is a heat player through and through in every possible way. They have such admiration for him. I do not do it for Oladipo. Crazy for somebody that okay. spent so much time coming up in the Sixers culture. <laughs> right, but he came up in a pre in the Sixers in the he was dumped before the process. He was dumped as part of the process because he was dumped for the draft pick that picked up Nerlens Noel and all the geniuses, all the analytics geniuses in the in the basketball media. It's the greatest trade you've ever made. You got to write to Nerlens Noel. Okay, okay, how did that work out? Okay, Drew Holiday was a young player at that point who was still coming into his own, but had already established himself as an elite defender and a very playable point guard. Drew would have been really helpful throughout the. I mean, for oh for my Philly. god. I drew is exactly what the Sixers need to be honest. Okay. But also what the heat would need. I would make that trade for him. All right, let's get to the last two guys here real quick. Um, we're not going to talk about Akpala because he didn't talk about Akpala and we've done other episodes on Akpala, but none, by the way, he's a guy you throw before Duncan. I'm just going to make that comment. All right. But none and DJJ. Okay. Um, I thought it was interesting. First, how many times he talked about Kendrick, he kept bringing him into the conversations. Um, Without being provoked, but also with DJ, with DJJ, he said flat out, he said flat out, (laughs) I felt sorry for him because he just got squeezed by um, Andre and Jay. After you heard, let's start with DJJ. After you heard his comments about DJJ, do you think there's any chance they, they re-sign him to any kind of money? Yeah. 
I mean, I think that was a signal. Like Pat does a lot of signaling, uh, like you know, like you guys have been talking about. But I just think it really comes down to, well, are you willing to play ball with us? Because we're not going to be paying you like that. Like I, as cold as that sounds, I just don't think that they're they're going to be dedicating any of these limited options they have towards adding people and and you know financially towards Derek Jones Jr. I think he's going to get. I mean, if he does get those nice offers, and and if he still wants to play ball with the Heat then yeah, I think they should work with him. I think <laughs> I think this is a guy that, you know, is Bam's best friend. is probably his biggest contribution to the team. And I say that, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I, I like Derek's game. I think he, he could still get better, obviously. I still think he's a useful defensive player, but I'm really talking about him taking like a biannual exception or something like that, or maybe, you know, a portion of of uh, of the, the regular mid-level exception. I think he would really have to play ball with the team in that way. I just don't think giving him the full mid-level is the best thing they could do, even if it's for a one or two year deal. I think they have just way better use of the money, especially given that Iguodala and Crowder are here now. I think that would have been different if they weren't, but if Derrick Jones Jr. is willing to play ball to that type of level, or maybe they give him a, you know, uh, an opt out on a multi-year deal for the biannual. I don't know if that's in play or not, but you know what I'm saying? I think it would have to be him playing ball with the team. Cause I don't think he's played well enough to the point where he should be making demands. I think it's like, well, if you want to go ahead and take the offers to play with those, with those teams, I mean, Atlanta with Trey young, like I think he would be a great mm-hmm. one. Like, I think that would makes a lot of sense. He would be close to, and he would be still playing in the same division as Bam and whatever, but all the other ones are pretty, like, pretty trash situations right now. Right. Well, Maybe you want you can sell to yourself with Cleveland. Yeah. But- he'd be asked to do things in all those places that, I don't think he's capable of doing right now. I, I, I think, think I think Atlanta is a really, really yes. nice fit because he could yeah. just catch lobs all day, and you know they they're gonna they run through Trey and 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 the pick and roll through them, so it'll be easy for him there. But other than that, it's just like take the money and go play with a young team that's not gonna be good, or you, you know take that veteran pay cut that veterans do to to play on winning teams and do that. I think it's really up to him at this point. I don't even really know if I do think that he will be willing to play ball, but that's just a guess. I think that he's likely going to go take the money. And I know how highly he's spoken to the Heat organization, but I think if he's getting advice around him, it's okay. You can get better here. You can compete for championships, but we can't guarantee you're going to be in the rotation right away. And so you may be stuck in the same situation you're in this year. We don't know if Crowder's coming back. We don't know Maybe even worse. Replace him with somebody. We don't know how, you know, whether Andre they're going to add a gonna... draft pick. Right. You got another draft pick and you got KZ. And you got KZ. Like, so exactly. I, like, I it's think not, that it, it's it, not great. So it, it may be kind of crowded in terms of, you know, finding the minutes for him. And so he may get the advice that is, look, okay, you can always come back to a place like Miami in two or three years, go get your money. All right. It's probably not going to work out somewhere else. So the, the, probably the people around him won't tell him that and, and see how, it, see how it goes. And then you can all, you know, when you're 25, 26, 27, you can start looking for a place like Miami um, you know, if you haven't become what you want to become in, in this other city, but I, I do fear for him that if he goes to a Detroit, he goes to a Knicks, he goes to Sacramento, he goes to one of these bad teams that overpays guys like him based on potential. And then they don't have the infrastructure, the coaching staff to bring it out of him. And then it doesn't work out. And then he starts getting criticized for how much money he's made making. I mean, we've seen this so many times, but I still think somebody around him is going to tell him to do that. And so I think that's most likely. All right, let's close here with Kendrick Nunn. As I mentioned, Riley kept bringing him up. We know that he's a potential trade chip. We know they have to rehabilitate his value, but we also know he was first team all rookie. He was second in rookie of the year voting. 
And they kept talking. He, Riley did say, if we can get him back to where he was, I don't think he's that far away. I mean, we saw glimpse of it, glimpses of it in the finals. So is there any chance that, I mean, Kendrick Nunn is a core rotation piece next year instead of being a piece that's being flipped into a trade? No doubt. I mean, I really could see it going both ways. I'm not that down on him at all. I, the only thing I'm down on regarding Kendrick Nunn, it's just like we've talked about, he is the first guy that you're really willing to trade when you're just comparing him to the rest of the, you know, core pieces on the team. But other than that, like I'm, I still believe that he's a shot maker. And even if I don't think he's the same level prospect of a hero or Duncan Robinson, I do believe like averaging 15 points per game, even knowing the role that he was in was a very ideal and, and, and cozy one for him still being able to do that as a starter, uh, you know, like, I just think nobody saw that coming. I do think he, he's an advanced shooter already. Like, I think it would take guards a little bit, of, a couple of years to be that that efficient as just coming off the screen and shooting and being efficient all year as a starter. And, you know, like, the 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 units of with him and Myers out there, we know how limited they are defensively. They were still good enough. And that's kind of like, I, I think of none as this, he's he's definitely a useful player. He's an offensive player right now. I do think he could develop into a better defensive player. I'm not done with that at all. Like, I do think he, he was a rookie. He showed that. And I think little by little, he's going to get better on these little things, making reads and just being in the right spot defensively, doing the right thing. He's going to be playing in the same system. So I do think for sure he'll be just as good. I think it really depends on what type of role they give him, though. If he's back in the starting lineup, I think he'll give you really similar production to what you saw this season, maybe with some improved reads, you know, just slightly getting better on the margins. It'll be a little bit tougher. He's coming off the bench. I, I just think that Spo knows what to do with his type of talent. He knows the limitations. He knows what he's good at and how to get him open. So that's why I do think I'm, I'm counting in on, until further notice as a rotation player. There have been a lot of examples over the years of guys we thought that the Heat would trade that they did not, and they they held on to them. And then, other teams might not be high on them. Well, they may not be, but I think enough of them. I, I, look, if we could, if if we say the teams can talk themselves into Derek Jones Jr. having a big role, they certainly can talk themselves into a guy who averaged 15 as a rookie. Okay, I mean, th there will be teams that just need someone to put the ball in the basket. I mean, there there are a bunch of those teams. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about Detroit. I mean, who do they have to do it? Right. I mean, they, they may lose their best player. They're about to and throw Christian a lot Wood. of money at Van Vliet. OK, well, somebody like that. But then, OK, so what if Van Vliet goes there and maybe Toronto looks at him and is like, OK, he's a replacement in the backcourt. In other words, there, there are teams that will view mm -hmm. a guy who can score as somebody. There's there's players. If you can score in this league, I mean, Philly? you will find a spot for a long time unless you're Michael Beasley. I mean, there there is always going to be a spot for you. Yeah. I mean, Philly could use them, right? Like just more shooting. Another guy who could put the ball on the floor. Not that he would solve all their issues, but I just think like he could find a lot of pretty easy fits for him. I don't think he's a, you know, he's like a Lou Will type where he just, he does everything with the ball in his hands. Like I, I think he showed that he's more than willing, more than, uh, you know, capable of playing as an off ball guy. Like I think we kind of saw him maybe throughout the first half of the season as a, as a scorer when in reality, he's more of an off ball player. And I think he's an excellent one, especially like considering given the, you know, the age and the experience that he has, I think he's really ahead in that aspect. Like he, he was very good at coming off curls and knowing whether it's to shoot right there, it's, you know, taking a, an extra dribble and pull up, like just making those simple reads as a shooter and playing that role. I think that's a, a useful player. The thing with Miami, while we always throw him in besides the order of, of prospects that you like is that their defense, right? And we know that they're going to, that they're going to probably resign Goron. And then that just puts you back, 
right where you were before as far as not having great defensive guards. And like I said, you you hope and expect for him to get marginally better. But I think that's why he's such an easy candidate for a trade. It's the order and then it's the defense thing. I think they they would prefer to to get better on defense. But I'm I still think Kendrick Nunn is going to be a good player, man. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's just back to putting up, you know, 15 points a game next season. I think we did the order correct, though. I think, uh, obviously, looking untouchables, starts with Bam, it goes to Hero. I think there's a little bit more wiggle room with Duncan, but it's got to be the perfect kind of situation or a player like Drew that that's the only way they can get it. And Drew is the line, huh? And then I think it's, yeah, and I think it's none who's the guy who is, okay, this is the guy we'll give you to be a productive player for you, but if not, we're happy keeping him. And, and I think that's where they're at. We'll talk mm-hmm. about Casey Akpala another day. Make sure to check out the other episodes in this series. We're going to do another one. Uh, Greg Sylvander is going to join us to talk about the veterans on the roster, particularly the free agents and where they go from there. Check out fivereasonsports.com. Check out my new show on Onside Radio every day at 10 a.m. and download the Dash Radio app. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.